hit it, Phil. Can it be the breeze that fills the trees with rare and magic perfume? Oh, no! It isn't the breeze, it's Jackson time. La, da, da, da. Well, Joe again. This is Buck Benny speaking. I am joined by Zach Eastman. Hey, Zach. How's it Hello. going? Hello. Good. Um, and what's what's your next uh, show coming up for your uh, Valley Who review? To uh, so no, I messed it up again. Yesterday, yeah. no, yesterday, yesterday, yesterday ba dum <laughs> remix. Uh, no, yesteryear Valley Who review. Um, actually, as of today, the latest episode has dropped, which is the Love Thy Neighbor chat with um uh, four out of the five of us here, but. Kathy was here in spirit because we quoted from her book way too much. Um, not, no, not way too much. Not enough, actually. Frankly, we probably could have we probably could have gone through other sections of the book and just been there for hours. We should um, have but, each just read a chapter out loud, and that would have been yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> um, but the, it's already been done. <laughs> yeah. But the next episodes coming up, though, are um, episode 100 is coming out. That's still a secret. I'll hold true to that, even though this will be released later. Uh, the not one coming up next, though, is The Web from 1947 with Vincent Price, Edmund O'Brien, and William Bendix. A uh, very solid little noir B-film that is just fantastic. Nice. Um, and then we're going to be doing This Island Earth, uh, A Fistful of Dollars. And today I'm going to be recording Island of Lost Souls from 1932. Awesome. And in two days I'll be doing The Roaring Twenties from 1939, which I would argue is the the true... Um, uh, uh, owner of the crown of best historical epic of 1939 nice i think you all know who i'm throwing shade at and i'll just leave it at that yeah yeah yeah, so lots of fun stuff (laughs) and now that you now i realize you just uh uh, plugged something i'm gonna plug something which i hardly ever do 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 uh because uh i started a new podcast or sort of a new one i was uh i've been doing a rod serling one that a lot of us participate in that that has episodes here and there but it's like okay there was still something just missing just uh, and so i decided oh wait a minute he hosted the in search of tv show before it was a tv show when it was specials Mm. uh for the first three specials and then leonard nimoy took over after that and i have a lot of of rod serling's not a lot i have some rod serling stuff in radio and I have some Leonard Nimoy stuff in radio, and I have the In Search of stuff I like to present. So I thought, oh, I'll do, I'll call the podcast In Search of Rod Serling and Leonard Nimoy and just present them kind of ping-ponging back and forth things that they were doing and involved with. And uh, it's kind of a fun podcast. And I had a whole 10 uh, viewers this week, so I'm really happy about that. <laughs> Expect that to go it's up. It's always I'm hard sure starting a new one because you look at your old one and you're like, Oh, 4,000 people a day. And then you look at your new one and it's like, oh, 10. <laughs> like, well, that's worth my time. But it'll grow. And so, uh, and maybe people will find it now that I mentioned it here. Uh, we also have, oh, go ahead, John. Yeah, my name is John Henderson. I've got a podcast in addition to my This Day and Jack Benny podcast, which I started with 10 people. And uh, like you, you know, I, I do it when I have a chance. And over the years, I've grown up, to, grown to a whopping uh, 100 people who uh, listen. So uh, nice. I, I, it's, called it's called Theater of Thrills. Yeah. And Ooh. it's the spooky old radio shows. But I do a silly intro, you know, like Raymond from Inner Sanctum. Yes. So I have tons of fun when I've got a chance to do that. So 
And I did something similar when I was doing old spooky shows. And I'm so embarrassed of those intros. I hate my intros that I did. I Because I'm not good like John is. So I'm just bad. It's just bad intros with a bad voice. And <laughs> so I... I, I was posting suspense. I never know. I never like indicated what I am, right? Whether it's me or whether it's one of my fake characters or whatever. So I posted one. I was like, oh no, it's one of those. <laughs> fast forward, fast forward to the beginning. But I need to fix yeah, well, those and that's and redo the, great the intros. Thing but... About doing it on its own feed. So, so that way it doesn't yeah. roll off your actual feed. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Oh, man. Anyway, but uh, that's great, John. So we'll have to tune into that. That's awesome. And then we have Kathy Fuller Seely here. And Kathy's the newest book, volume three, is no still words. coming out. Like when are we looking at now? Is it is it is oh, it still well, I got I got fall? delayed by some family. Am I can you yeah. hear me? Yes. Uh I got delayed by some family things. Uh it by it'll be by the end of the summer. Right now I'm chasing down. Uh, Jack's participation in the Gracie Allen's Lost Brother uh, yeah. event of January 1933. Yay! Vote for yeah. Gracie! Yay! <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's terrific, Hope. So it, it was, it's been great fun to go dig through old newspapers to uh, uh, learn about the ins and outs of the first week of that uh, uh, event, which was a big deal in radio in January 1933, of which you think is the absolute nadir of the Depression. So it was one of the few happy things going on in a very unhappy time. But so that'll be it ends up that'll be a highlight of another highlight of volume three. So is it is am I wrong? Is uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Has anybody seen the Gracie Allen murder case, which I think is like the film version of that basic search? It's a Philo Vance film. But it has Gracie Allen in it, no George. Um, cool. I'm just curious if anybody is. I I think it's a part of that whole gimmick or okay. like an extension at some point. Kind of like like Love Thy Neighbor comes a little bit after or something like right, that. Right, right, right. Of, of the feud, yeah. but like I, I'm just curious if yeah. anybody's seen it because I've always tried tried to find it. I can never no. find it. No, no, I haven't. And it turns out uh, Gracie and George were busy making films. So mm -hmm. this is several years before, I mean, uh, almost years before Jack Benny uh, uh, got busy doing it. They were having to go by coastal running back and forth. They were with Paramount making a, um, a movie called College Humor and mm -hmm. then appearing on the Guy Lombardo program and just all over the place. It was when, when, when they got to. When they got to Love and Bloom, Hope and I talked about this, but like a British company hot, like really wanted them to come overseas to make a film and knowing that they like how much they were stretching themselves back and forth. They're like, yeah, yeah that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting to read the releases, but it's just like, this, is, this isn't happening. I know the end of this story. <laughs> like, even if even if they wanted to, how would they do it? That's yeah. the question I would have. We also have Hope Sears with us. Hope, how's things going with you? Um, I don't have anything to plug. <laughs> That's all good. We can plug uh, that you're on with us every once in a stuff. while, and it's awesome. I've really enjoyed having you and your input. It's very Thank nice. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I used I used to have a podcast, all of the classics. You can check out the old episodes, I guess. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah. Um. That's the great but, thing. 
everything that you've done is always there you know that's right. what yeah. i tell myself right? yeah. I don't keep Eventually, up as much as i would like to eventually i want to get back to like making some videos and focus on that but who who knows who yeah. knows <laughs> well but, we'll be excited to hear whatever you have coming up at some point but yeah we love having you here in the, in the interim that's all great and i love your shirt uh yeah. vote the for vote gracie. for gracie was the big thing it was like the follow-up to the the brother search that she does yeah, right but, but more like 19 the election in 1940 correct correct yeah. so it was it was like a, a revisiting of going from show to show to show she was it was like a mm -hmm. But it was never as, uh, what? It wasn't the first one. So it wasn't as as big of a deal, though. We, for listeners, it's a bigger deal in some ways because yeah. it all exists. And so we can listen to all the, all the shows yeah. and, and the whole thing. Whereas the first one, I don't know if any of it exists, yeah. uh, recording-wise. No, I'm, I'm the canter expert. And he thinks he's heard a broadcast, but he hasn't been able to find. So you're right. In 32, it's all gone. So. Yeah. So so we, we hear about the stories about it and things. And, and Gracie, they talk about it in the various books that they have that, that have come out and things. But uh, we don't get to experience it, which is really, really cool. Because I haven't even seen a script before. So now seeing a script that, that you yeah. found is going to be wonderful. So can't oh, wait. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a I'm a big Burns and Allen fan, so yeah. I, I'm anxious. I'm anxious for that. Yeah. Yep. And it's one of those ones that we might recreate or something. I think that would be fun. Oh, that would be fun. I I I just did a little quick search update. You can find that movie now, after all. But it is oh, not really? about the Lost Brother search. But the novel apparently has Gracie's mother and brother. Okay. <laughs> so like it's like okay, so the novel has that, but then the the movie's what now? Yeah. Um, so okay <laughs> there we go well she apparently found him so good well good anyway. for <laughs> <laughs> when the movie was made this was during the whole um vote for gracie like or like just before the vote for gracie um mm -hmm. stuff happening so cool yeah because i've been on my edge of my seat for the last 90 years for whether or not she actually found him so <laughs> <laughs> I don't think now she I ever really did. Spoilers, <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> All right. Well, today let's get started with our discussion of uh, Phil Silver's special that he had with Jack Benny as his guest. Um, and we'll start out by uh, going to, uh, let's go with, who should I go with? Da -da 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 -da. We'll go with Kathy. Kathy, what were your thoughts on that? Well, I thought it was unusual um, uh, to be filmed in a time in which many of the specials were still live yep. uh, or, you know, uh, or present it, videotaped before a live audience. To present it as filmed, I thought was a little interesting. And I was actually intrigued. I liked Phil Silvers in the opening minutes when he was being sort of the, the pushback bully of yeah. spitting corks at the bad guys. So I thought, wow, a new Phil Silvers. What is this? And then he becomes Phil Silvers. So <laughs> I, I thought I thought the conceit of the show was cute, but I thought it went on long for an hour-long show. It's like, is that all you've got? But yeah. um uh so that's it well, we'll go it, around and then i'll tell you what the uh what variety thought yes we will so. come back to you so that's great uh yeah i was just gonna say it, it's sort of like a skit that you would have within a show within a special or something that would be your your 
your main skit. So maybe a 15 minute piece or something you would do. But it's interesting. I've never seen anybody take a, a skit like that and run it for a whole hour. And that's the only thing they have. And there's not like any beginning framing or end framing or anything like that too much. And as, as much as we'd get used to normally. And so it's just, it, it was interesting. Though. I, I'd like it from a, I'm intrigued by it from a television history perspective yeah. about the place of the, the changing place of the special and the variety of forms a special could right. have back in the day. Uh, because I think of regular TV as so locked into regular shows and specials only happening at Christmas or, you know, Easter yes. or, you know, and, and um, yet it turns out looking at the schedule, there were specials all over the place. Oh, yeah. um, uh, Bill was doing like two of these a year. And and so to think of the programming and all that it involved and these different forms it could take is interesting from a historical aspect. Yep. So. Uh, uh, agreed. I think another thing it suffers from a little bit is, you know, the pacing now is completely different. We, we talk about this all the time, but to have this one lengthened skit take the whole show, I think even makes the pacing seem more out of sync with today's pacing. And so uh, you have to be patient and wait for the, for the, the jokes and things and uh, wait for the story to unfold. And that's a hard thing for us to do these days. Uh, Zach, what were your thoughts on it? Um, I loved it. Um, I have never seen this before. So this yeah. was a new one. Um, I look at this from a filmmaking standpoint. I think it's kind of cool that a television special was able to basically make a 54 minute movie for television. Um, and Zach, just sorry there, but you look at it from a filmmaking standpoint, that is so unique. I, I just can't believe you would look at it from a filmmaking standpoint. You'd never do that. So well, that's, that's what I'm trained to do, buddy boy. Um, no, um, I I think it's kind of unique to have that 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 approach to a special. Um, it threw me off for the first five minutes because I'm like, where the hell's Phil? <laughs> and, and, then, and then they had the bit, and then they went through through the cowardly bit, and I'm like, okay, this will be interesting to see. And I I kind of liked it from the perspective of building up the like, okay, how are they going to topple him? How are they going to yeah. knock this guy down? And then to have Jack come in at the very end, like the tail end, mm -hmm. and have it be like, I don't know, like, I I can't look at this in terms of, you know, like, how did a critic perceive this then versus now with when it comes to this performance? But I, I genuinely enjoyed Jack just kind of popping in and having it be, they get the one cheap gag in, and then the rest of it is him dedicated to a character in the similar vein of something he might have been associated with, but it's also something that's more tailored towards what Phil's going for. Um, right. So in a in a certain perspective, like this, the special is offbeat, mm -hmm. uh, and given that most specials that were that we were that we're talking about this week are more in the traditional variety show mold, it was actually really refreshing. So I think that's probably why it hit me as well as it did. Is it the best thing I've ever seen from early television? No, but like from the opening on and into them attempting a Western aesthetic with certain amounts of tension, I actually enjoyed the way they were kind of pacing it. It's like, you're kind of watching Phil Silvers make fun of a Virginian episode or something like that, which is kind yeah. of neat. Um, so like I give it points for the, for a unique quality about it. Um, and I do think that like, 
it's kind of like one of the last technical leading roles Jack will ever have in a movie. It's not right. a movie, but that's a cool, like if they had made that into a feature film and brought him in in the last 30 minutes, that's a great supporting role. That's an excellent supporting role that mm-hmm. doesn't ask much of him, but he gets to create something out of it. So like from that perspective, I enjoyed it. I will say though that the the one drawback that I see to it is that the the amount of attempts that they try to break this guy uh into like pulling out his gun so that they can shoot him dead does get a tiny bit taxing that's why when jack comes in it's kind of a relief because right. something's going to be different it needed to change in direction or something and it got that from jack yeah um, and i but i do appreciate yeah. the opening because the opening like sets you up for something completely different yes and then it turns into the comedy i'm like oh you got me i'm on board I, i'm totally on board because i was about to shut it off at one point going like <laughs> Maybe this is just the one I don't talk about. But then I was just like, no, I, I'm I'm good with this. So yeah, this is this was fantastic for me Excellent. to watch. Yeah. Well, and and I would think I've never heard Jack talk about it in any way, shape, or form. But I I would imagine that Jack, after being on so many shows, essentially playing himself on everybody mm-hmm. else's special, right? But sometimes he he's talked about how sometimes they blow his character traits out of proportion even even more than he does on his show i would think it'd be refreshing to get a part like this and get him asked to do something like this and he's like oh i can actually do a little bit of real acting and and uh Mm -hmm. and and i get to play one a character for the for a whole time and i i would think that would be very attractive to him i i can see why he would take the show there you go to have on your tombstone chicken finster wall (laughs) (laughs) that's what's going on my tombstone i don't want my real name on it need something funny to die with <laughs> well hope what were your thoughts on this one um my thoughts on this one are there are very little thoughts because i don't like westerns and i don't <laughs> like phil silvers i i the only western i can sit through is blazing saddles and so my eyes rolled over my eyes uh glazed over for pretty much the whole thing and i can't remember 75 percent of what happened <laughs> there were some, the, there were so some guns was, and people walking so around yeah really, uh, i'm really first. hoping that you guys um just carry the rest of the plot because i uh, Kathy, uh, is that the review that was written in variety my glaze <laughs> my eyes glazed over and <laughs> oh, no, it's a, Actually, the most shocking review comes from um, that they put into a big ad going, congratulations, Phil Silvers, on this marvelous show. The best uh, review comes from John Crosby, the snarky radio and TV uh, critic of the New York Herald Tribune who hated everything. Mm -hmm. And he loved it. He says, "Um, cowboys, well, it's a genuine frontier humor, not simply a collection of gags. Silvers played the part of Finster Subissel, whose family, you know, that's so um, it was a lovely spoof of the standards of dramatic and human and human values. Ah, you know, so Crosby loved this thing. And Variety said, um, uh, Variety said, Variety said, uh, when the television comics decided three years ago to laugh the Westerns off the air, they forgot to enlist the efforts of Phil Silvers and Nat Hyken. Now, Nat Hyken has a connection. Oh, Nat Hyken has a connection to um, George Burns, doesn't he? 
So, wasn't he a Burns producer? The slowest so. gun in the West was everything they wanted to do, a little late for their purpose, but good enough to stand on its own as an hour of fun anytime, any place. Hyken is the master of the switch and the shtick, the piece of business that carries a comedy along. Slowest gun had a great switch. It also had plenty of funny business and kept moving it. That kept moving it into a fast-paced spoof with nary a lag. Boy, in 1960, are they used to very slow film. The switch was simple. Instead of the customary Western cliche, Hyken reversed the field, introducing a character with so cowardly a reputation that no self-respecting gunfighter would harm him for fear of being laughed out of the West. In terms of plot, he resolved it by having his frantic heavy, Bruce Cabot, um, bring in as great a coward in Jack Benny. Result was a literal standoff as Silvers and Benny stood for years in the main street in gunfight posture, each insisting <laughs> the other drop first. The business was likewise extremely funny, with Silvers following through his reverse ascendancy over the outlawry by organizing arts and crafts, a glee club, and a big brother program in his post as sheriff of Primrose, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> Suffice it to say that under Herschel Dougherty's film direction, <clears throat> with Hyken getting in some uncredited staging and Silver's inimitable execution, it all ticked off beautifully. Benny was perfect as Chicken Finsterwald, the co-hero of the piece. So there you go. Yeah. Um, and it had Marion Marian Ross played the little blonde um, uh, daughter who was supposed to be marrying um, uh, Phil and then got uh, pushed off on somebody else. So they, in 1960, this was pretty great stuff. That's a Marion yeah. Ross from Happy Days? Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, I didn't recognize her in wow. there. Oh, nope. okay. So, huh. so there you go. There you go. Interesting. 6.3 share of the audience. So That's a but, big share. Yeah. Well, at this time, of course, we got to remember in 1962 when this was released, the, the oh, is it 60 even? Yep. Oh, even, even better. In 1960... Uh, this is was the absolute peak of the Westerns on television. Yeah. Uh, that year and the year before, I think the top, oh God, I want to say the top 18 slots were were like Westerns that were, uh, and and maybe with like one non-Western mixed in, like maybe Jack's show, I can't remember. But it was it was crazy when you look at the ratings back then and, and all the Westerns that were on. Um, yeah, so I could definitely see doing a spoof of them. They were ripe for that. So, excellent. Well, over to John to close us out today. Uh, John, I, I saved John for last because he usually, you know, he's not a big Phil Silvers fan, not a big Western fan, not even a big bad Jack Benny fan for that reason. He he pretty much just criticizes Jack every week on his This Week in Jack Benny. What, <laughs> what stupid thing was Jack doing this week uh, is sort of how his show should be called. But anyway, over to John. John, what did you think of this? Oh, sorry, my uh, my gunshot wound is bothering me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Now, was it the greatest thing that I've ever seen in classic television? Definitely. Yes, okay. it was. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, well, and maybe, you know, I think there is some sort of background you have to have going into it, possibly to appreciate it as much as I did. Um, I when I was, uh, you know, a youngster, the movie Sergeant Bilko came out with Steve Martin, and that was my favorite movie at the time. I watched mm -hmm. it over and over again on VHS. 
it was the best. And then, you know, when I started getting into college, the uh, Sergeant Bilko DVD came out, and that was the Phil Silver show. And at first, I, it, you know, it took me a while to understand it, to get who the characters were and, and everything like that. But I did think the fact that I watched the movie so much, it sort of like, it sort of helped me understand the idea of the comedy of the show to the point where by the end it was my favorite show at the time like i i i love the comedy i love phil silvers and his delivery and you can see once you start to really get to know phil silvers you can see his delivery and how that has also become a common uh, hanna barbera cartoon voice that they often do you know sort of that uh an elbow kind of thing yeah uh, so so uh yeah i i love phil silvers you know i've i mentioned before in other uh podcasts that we've uh that i've watched the uh the best of ed sullivan uh, ed sullivan quite a bit and he's on there sometimes too yep. i always love it when he pops up so when i watched this and phil silvers name came up in the opening i was like oh great then about five minutes in i was like oh well maybe there's another phil silvers <laughs> i wasn't sure <laughs> so sincere right and yeah. you know i've been watching uh westerns and that's probably another reason that i i, I never watched re westerns really when i was little little maybe uh the, the lone ranger but i've really gotten into westerns in the last year or so you know i've watched a season of Gunsmoke and then some cheyenne and you know all those other 50s westerns and yes. sort of the idea the stakes of westerns which is what really draws me in is the fact that somebody could be shot dead at any time right and they've got certain rules of honor where you know with the showdown you have to wait till somebody goes for their gun mm -hmm. uh otherwise you know it's dishonorable right mm -hmm. and so that concept is sort of vital to know going into this yes. for it to even make sense but if you do it's hilarious so when phil when so when we first see you know the silver dollar kid or whatever and you see his boots and his hat and stuff like that my i i was just like i don't know is it gonna be phil silvers <laughs> and if so what's gonna be happened so when they do reveal it you know that was delightful and then when he does his like thing with like the guns on the table and taking his glasses off yeah and he's like I four feet away from the guns and yeah <laughs> i'm ready now <laughs> <laughs> i just oh i i I thought it was so like his just the thing that that's great about Phil Silvers is his delivery and his enthusiasm and 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 I thought he was going to be one of those characters that's like faster than everybody and that was going to be his right. his stick and then the fact that at the end it changes and then at that point you've got this dilemma of like you know how are they how is he going to get out of this situation they put him in these situations that are impossible situations the bad guys have figured it out you know, there's no way for him to get around it. And then his, it's like Sergeant Bilko, his sort of like, you know, gaming the system and, and a clever way to get out of the problem with his unique ability to, you know, talk talk his way out of anything. Mm -hmm. uh, I just, every every next one was even funnier. And to have a, to have a thing that I watch where Jack Benny is the cherry on top, uh, mm -hmm. rather than like the the best part of it, then it's going to be an incredible special. Jack Benny is great. It's the perfect balance of it is his character, but also it doesn't have to be his character. Mm -hmm. So yeah, 10 out of 10, loved it. Nice. Right on. Yeah. Nice. Great, John. 
and uh, and I too think anybody who watches uh, old westerns would would appreciate this more than, than other folks. And so, like, since it was on in 1960, I could definitely see how it would be um, a big thing then, and 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 very much enjoyed. So, yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to know how Je- Quentin Tarantino feels about it now. I think that's the question I have for him. If yeah. I get to, go to a Q&A. Just be like, what's your, what's your opinion on Slow's Gun in the West? Yeah. Like Jack Benny, he's always, he's always got this motivation, right? Like Jack Benny's cheap, but he never wants to be seen as cheap. Mm-hmm. So in this one, Phil Silvers is a, a chicken. He's yellow, but he doesn't want to be seen as yellow. And he always... You know, the fact that, like, you know, he's at his wedding dance and then the guy comes in, he's like, well, you obviously must love her more than anyone else. Like, just the, these clever ways to get out of it, but then still try to save face. Right. I, right. I thought, oh, you know. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. Well, and since we're talking about a little bit about Westerns, I thought I would mention that over on Paramount Plus now, if you get Paramount Plus, because maybe you're a Star Trek fan because they have tons of Star Trek over there. But they also have recently loaded up uh, Gunsmoke. So they have seasons 7 through 20 of Gunsmoke. So all the hour-long Gunsmokes are over there. And uh, and, and beautiful beautiful copies of them. And uh, some of the best looking I've, I've seen the show. Um, and I will say that season 8 through, I think it's 11, are some of my favorite. No, 8 through 10. 8 through 10 are the years with Burt Reynolds on there. And I, 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 it's, I, I love Burt Reynolds interplay and, it, and it's when they have both Chester um, played by Dennis Weaver. And they also have Festus on there and they, they don't overlap. They, well, they overlap by those essentially those three years. And so you'll see different uh, and they're all sort of his deputies in different, ways and there's like one episode that exists that focuses on the three of them all together in one episode and you'd think you know in a three-year period you would have more that more overlap than that but there's there's actually just one episode where it where essentially it's about matt dylan being gone and the three of them have to get together and do things so uh, so it, that's a fun episode and there's so many fun episodes in there so i would highly suggest those um, and then if you don't get Paramount Plus, uh, they're also, I think, free on something like Pluto TV or there's something where there there's ads built in, but you could watch it for free. Uh, so if you just search, if you got a streaming platform search thing, then you can search for it and you'll probably find them. Um, so I think it was nice that Paramount put them out that other way, too, so that people can watch them that don't have Paramount Plus. So anyway. So there you go, because they've, they've only had like two seasons available for years and years and years. And I was like, oh, come on, put some more gun smoke on. Put, and all of a sudden they drop like a whole, all those seasons on top of it. So that was great. Well, I got four seasons on DVD. I got three, you know, three, two early seasons, then a middle season and a late season. I've yeah. only watched a couple episodes from the late season, uh, but it's, well, it's in color. So that's interesting, but it's an hour long. And the episode I watched most recently, it's like this whole story about like a boy and like a vagabond. And at the very end, Matt Dillon comes in for a cameo for like two seconds. So I don't know if the whole later series, later seasons are like that, but I I do like a little bit more Matt Dillon in my guns. Yes. And that's why all the, 
essentially, if you go with a black and white season, you're going to get more of the traditional cast and not, and the, and the guest cast is the guest cast and it's very easy to discern. Um, the last season of black and white is like the colors and, and all the color seasons are essentially, I call them Gunsmoke Love Boat because <laughs> because they you essentially have the the guests take over the show and and they just happen to be in the saloon and there's kitty or they happen to be somewhere and there's doc and they happen to you know they, they'll bump into the characters but they won't have a major part in the story or like you say matt dylan will show up for the last five minutes of the show he's he's always out somewhere else doing something and then he's he a busy comes guy back but i don't want to watch those episodes <laughs> What was that? I want to watch those episodes. What was he doing out of town? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, that's why you watch those early ones, because that's, that's essentially follows him wherever he goes. But yeah. later on, they just don't follow him anymore, and they just stay in town. You're like, wait, follow him. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> anyway, so I, I hope you enjoy this wonderful show, and, uh, and and I'm glad we closed out with John. Nice job, John. Yeah. And uh and I think um, it makes me want to rewatch it again now that now that John's talked about it and things because I got I got some of that out of it that I think I could have gotten more of it. So all right. Anyway, enjoy everyone, and we'll see you guys next time. And I hope you're enjoying our Jack Benny summer specials. So that's pretty cool. And there we go. Sonny, you see, when they cleaned up all those wild western towns and established law and order, 
All the famous gunmen, killers with the big reputations, wound up here. There was Billy the Kid Blake, Wild Bill Monk, the notorious Dalton brothers, Ike and Jake, Doc Henley, Judd McCoy, and of course there was Vic Nolan. He took over Primrose, and if anybody got in his way, there was Black Park.
criminals here to commit suicide, torture. This is a tower of torture. Men carry guns and they talk. Ranger, do you know who I am? Here you're a pretty fast guy. That's right. Prove it. Mister, are you actually looking for a fight with me? But not finding one. <laughs> you found your fight, stranger. I never refused any man a fair fight. Fair fight? That's right. Okay. You insist upon a fair fight. Somebody help me get him upstairs. Oh, this is Florence Nightingale, aren't you, Kathy? Here, somebody take his hat. 
Get up, you dirty yellow dog, and fight. Fight, come here. No man says what he said to me, and lives. Think of my reputation. Your reputation? Why, if you so much as winged him, your reputation as a gunman will be finished. What do you mean? You know who he is? No. Silver Dollar Kid.
real name. I'm just playing little old Fletcher Bissell III of Boston. <laughs> and now you know. Bissell? Well, tell me you never heard of the Bissell family. The famous yellow-bellied Bissells. <laughs> 400 straight years of cowardice without a single break. That's why I came out west to prove that at least one Bissell could be brave. You mean not one Bissell has ever been brave? And my father, Bull Bissell, he was a general in the Civil War. Bull Bissell, what did he do? What did he do? The only battle he was in, they named after him, Bull Run. <laughs> That's why he's been through the years to say the straightest coward. That's why I came out west. I'm their last hope. Oh, Silver Dollar, why don't you go back? No, no. I want to prove that one Bissell can be brave, courageous, heroic. Like being sheriff of Primrose? What? We want to make you sheriff. Are you crazy? Quiet. <laughs> A Bissell? Sheriff of the toughest town in the West? You'd be dead in 24 hours. Nonsense. Cowards we may be. Somehow we managed to live a long time. <laughs> How do you like that? A Bissell. Sheriff of Primrose. Three jacks. Sheriff Bissell, oh, you stop that. I'm Fletch. 
just plain old flag. All right, uh, Fletch, it's uh, just a little ceremony that we perform for every new sheriff. Usually we wait two or three days, but in your case, we're going to make an exception. Oh, Shamu. Shamu, that means Shamu. <laughs> All right, Ike, it's your turn. Perform the ceremony. All right, Dalton. That's got your tongue. Oh, don't be shy with me. Don't let this impress you. I'm just plain folks. <laughs> I can't do it. Your turn. You gotta do it. Look, Nolan, I got a reputation to protect. I killed 32 men, but I give every one of them a fair draw. He won't draw his guns, and you know it. Sure he will. He's all steamed up about being sheriff. Just provoke him. He'll draw. Go on. Hello, Sheriff. 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 I'm just plain Fletch. You call me Fletch. I'm calling you a yellow dog, a dirty, crawling skunk. That's what I'm calling you. I'll see here, Dalton. I'm giving you ten seconds to take that back, or you're going to suffer the consequences. I ain't taking none of it back. All right. You ask for this. You're out of the glee club. <laughs> no more time up there, you. I want to hear your voice later. Sheriff, you're a disgrace to Primrose. This man's insulted you. And I punished him. Punished him? Oh, yes. Wait till he finds out that the glee club goes on tour singing in Tombstone, Dodge City, and he has to stay home because he's been naughty, naughty, naughty. <laughs> Why don't you drop mum to your line? I want to hear these voices, man. I want to hear you sing. He's got to be killed. Jake, take him. Ah, uh, I got some pride. I ain't going to be remembered as the man who shot the Silver Dollar Kid.
gunfighters must be pretty scarce around here. Hi, sure, Austin. Hi, Sam. from the west right here in town you sent for me just who is this silver dollar kid oh look sam but just how fast is this guy sam you got nothing to worry about just remember one thing when he says draw don't wait fire well, i haven't had a fight yet where i didn't give the man a chance to go for his gun oh now sam don't ask me why but you can't wait for him to draw fire well just how fast is this silver dollar kid you're getting paid ten thousand dollars to find out just don't wait for him to draw. Would you like to join us? Oh, I do hope the registration isn't closed. We're lucky to have her. She's a wonderful teacher. There's such a shortage, you know. <laughs> Hello there, you're Sam Bass. Recognize you from your picture. But how I did is beyond me. I must apologize for the sloppy work our government printing press is doing. <laughs> you see the pictures they send it on Billy the Kid? Horrible! Are you the sheriff? No! <laughs> Never use that word, sheriff. I'm just Fletch. Plain old Fletch. Fletch. Are you the Silver Dollar Kid? Oh, that? They used to call me that when I was in action. Well, you're in action now. Draw! Stop! Stop! Look at your hand. My hand? Sam, they're a dead giveaway. I refuse to shoot a man whose hands show me that all he wants is love and understanding. Oh, come on. Stop kidding, Sam. I know. I know. That you're an incipient psycho love depressive. But I give you my word, you will not leave this office. Sam, there's help on the way. Right now in Vienna, there's this 18-year-old boy, Sigmund Freud. He has the answer. Who? Sigmund Freud. He can help you, Sam. He don't even have to know you. All he'd have to do is look at your hand. And he would know that you're a victim of an over-emotional ego fighting an underdeveloped id. All this all came out in the debate that Freud had with Spinoza last year in Budapest. Is that a night to remember? Will you ever forget that night? This young scientist, Sigmund Freud, came out with theories that startled the scientific world. Freud was so sure that he had the right path, and he tried to give these knowledges, fighting him all the way. What did Spinoza do? He yelled, fraud, Freud! In the play on words, the inner complex, fraud, Freud! This is not startled Freud! He said, sir, have you ever had a complex of hatred in a dream bedlam? Did you ever wake up in the morning and say, what has confused me? What has confused you? Sex! an old man at the time says, well, perhaps when I was younger. No, Freud said, and then he came out with theories which would help you, Sam. You of all people. He would know that when you make this threatening gesture with your hands, which seems to say, kill, kill, you are only saying, love me, love me. Sam, you're just a lonely, 
frightened little boys. These are not your guns, Sam. They're your teddy bears. <laughs> teddy bears? If you need help, come and see me. Are you crazy? Who is this guy? Our people call him Chogobu-Molko-Ox. Now, what does that mean? Man with voice of lion and heart of mouse. Oh, I heard that. Just for that, your tribe cannot have a float in the 4th of July parade. Hmm. Heart of mouse? Could it be your yellow? Oh, Sam, we're not discussing my problem. We're discussing your problem. Why don't you write Sigmund, the address of Spobotten, Fliegerfagerstrasse, Budapest. Send the self address. Shut up! Their reputation was too good for those guys. They want to put an end to it. They want some shooting, they'll get some shooting. No, no, I forbid gunplay and primrose. You and your big Indian mouth. Now look, Sam, you were going to make me a laughing stock, weren't you? Shut up! I absolutely forbid any gunplay. Draw. Shoot him. I dropped a dollar. Well, no one. I'm not in your league with a gun, Sam. Anyone thinks he is? Maybe. Welcome to Primrose. I guess it must be true what we heard about your new sheriff. He must be wonderful. He sure is a nice, quiet town. gunplay in Primrose, but they won't listen. They just won't listen. Oh, be sure and wire the federal marshal about that $10,000 reward. We'll use the money for building the new clubhouse. My design. Stucco, red tile, Spanish. Oh, no, don't, don't bite me on this. We're going Spanish all the way. <laughs> well, what have we got here? Here I am, girls. This is what you came west for. Oh, yeah, Primrose. <laughs> hey, you're all right. Do you see young'un? Yep. Good show. Adore me. <laughs>
announcer. Well, boys, we've got him. Because there's not a man in the West, no matter how yellow he is, who won't stand up if the girl he loves is insulted. Now, Blake, this is your specialty. witnessed the most beautiful demonstration of true love you'll ever see. True love? Elsie May, Mr. Blake here came in here with so much love in his heart for you, he was willing to face certain death, my gun, just to prove it. I'm engaged to you. You're a lucky girl, Elsie May. I thought you loved me. I do, but compared to him, I gotta step aside. You're gonna let him get away with it? Why, the easiest thing to do would be to gun him down. But I'd rather step aside than be known as the man who snuffed out this great love. Mr. <laughs> Biffle, you're gonna regret this to your dying day. Come on. Wait a minute. Don't you speak to me again! Oh! Wait a minute, please. <laughs> there goes my love. <laughs> Mighty brave man to do that, Sheriff. Thanks, Dad. Leave me with my broken dream. Don't cry, Sheriff. Comfort me. Find him. 
I don't even know what he looks like. Haven't you got a clue? Something. Yeah, now I remember. He walks like a duck. Well, get me this chicken that walks like a duck. Go on, get moving. Let's find it.
nonsense. Well, that's the way it's got to be. You shoot him in the back and it's murder. So form vigilante groups. We'll be all finished here. Here he comes. I'm yellower than you are. 